egotistical, so unpredictable Here on the SNL Network Yes, that is right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the SNL Network's Hot Take Show right here after the Oscar Isaac and Charlie XCX episode of Saturday Night Live, the only place to be to break down the episode immediately after it airs with some great panelists, a wonderful chat, and lots of hot takes. And let me introduce who we have on our show tonight. I texted him earlier today. I said, hey, get your fat ass on my podcast, bitch. It's Andrew Dick. Andrew, how are you? (laughs) I am doing well. Ready to poo-poo this episode Uh, all over. No, uh, doing well. Good. Glad to be back. Okay, always always great to speak to you. Uh, Looking forward to our chat tonight. Uh, Joining us, somebody who was in the building tonight, was in... 8H, and we'll tell you a lot more about that. It's Nicole Rovai. Nicole, how are you? I'm good. If you're watching on YouTube, here's my wristband. I'm good. I have my peach iced tea with a little caffeine because I just came back and it's been a really fun, amazing night. And I'm so excited to talk about everything. Let's go. I'm, I'm really excited to, to talk. So did you, did you get to see the live episode or have you only seen dress? I saw dress in person and then I watched the live on, you know, from home. So I got both. I'll compare. All right. Yeah, for sure. So we'll, we'll get to have that fun talk about the differences between what happened in dress tonight and what happened on the live show. Um, Also joining us, one of the great experts in all things Saturday Night Live. It is Robert J. Finn. Rob, how are you? I'm fantastic, my friend. Happy to be here. Had a cup of coffee about 30 minutes ago, so I'm fired up, ready to roll. Yeah, I could feel the feel the high energy. I love it. All right. Well, it, I hope. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we got some people in the chat, so I want to hear your thoughts on all the sketches tonight. As we do uh, every single Saturday night, we start with our hot takes. So, uh, Mr. Dick, I'll send it over to you. Give us your hot take for the evening. Ooh, um, hmm, I don't know what my hot take would be. Uh, I think this one kind of carries over from the Mulaney episode a little bit of an ex- experimentation with format. Uh, but I would feel I, I feel it's not as strong as the Mulaney episode, which uh, I was not here for any of those conversations, but I felt was a return to form for both uh, his episodes, his hosted episodes and the show coming off the the January episodes. And so this one, I don't know, kind of felt a little boilerplate at times, but there are inklings of them continuing in the right direction yes yes i would agree i loved that we got all uh, in general we got all new sketch premises tonight there was nothing recurring even though that most people seem to be general consensus was last week was an amazing episode it was nice to see all new fresh ideas for the most part tonight so that was something that was in the positive uh nicole as someone who watched two different versions of the show tonight what is your hot take for the oscar isaac episode we i was saying we did see ego's update piece that was recurring but um, otherwise, yeah. yeah, it felt very fresh. I would agree that the format, it felt really different and, and it felt like there was this experimental fun momentum from last week. There was a lot of different things going on and it did feel like that carried over exactly what you said. And I would also add that it felt refreshing that there weren't any kind of gimmicks or cameos or anything outside of the norm in terms of just a lot of screen time for the cast, an amazing showcase for the host, a first-time host who, for me, did not feel like a first-time host by any means, felt like a seasoned pro. It just felt like everybody 
who was present pretty, I mean, not everybody, but it just felt like so many people were getting so much time to shine. And it just goes to show like both of these types of episodes can be really wonderful. The Mulaney that is just jam packed with cameos and special moments. And then one like this, where it's more of a showcase for the people on board. And it just both types of episodes are, can be so wonderful. And I thought it was really great. Of course I was there. So I think when you're there in person, it's going to be a little better uh, to say the least, but I just, I thought it was a really, really great episode. For sure. I think that's the general premise, right? When you go see the person perform the concerts, you end up like loving their music even more. So I totally get that. And that makes sense. And and I think that people enjoy this episode, but I am curious to get everyone's opinions as we go through it. And Rob, let me get your hot take for the night. Yeah, I think uh, the, I had said before that the felt, that the, the cast felt expansive to me in the past. And I think a lot of that was because so many episodes have been laden with cameos in the past, but this time, uh, especially at the end there, I was expecting Dua Lipa to pop up as like a cameo at the end. Uh, and there just wasn't that this time, which I think was, was fantastic. Uh, in general, yeah, a lot of interesting format choices that uh, I like to see that they're experimenting. And uh, even though the, the meatball sketch made me uncomfortable, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean it's, it's a bad thing. Um, <laughs> that was a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. Um, well, I, look, honestly, for me, tonight kind of feels like the day after your birthday, where you're like, oh, I just I had so much fun. And it was so great. And I'm still on a high from it. But it's not my birthday. <laughs> and that's that's how I was feeling about this episode overall. That's like my headline for the is just um, <laughs> is that <laughs> Wait, so what? Okay. Well, this is this is I don't know if anybody can relate to what I'm saying as far as an analogy. Oh, concerned. as a fellow well, Leo, I know exactly what you're talking about. Thank it's you, all thank about you. us. It's so special. John and I are both Leos and we I at least won't shut up about it. I completely <laughs> get what you're saying. A hundred thousand of of course. I get it. Yeah, like like we just have this big party, like uh, you know, people have showed up that we haven't seen in thirty years, and they came to the party. Thirty years, and, yeah, You're not and even it's like thirty. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, Elliot Gould, what are you doing at my party? And then all of a sudden, it was just <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was good. And this is the thing: is like I always describe Saturday Night Live as you know the great episodes is a mix between really great writing and then a strong energetic host. And I felt like what we got tonight was a very strong energetic host. I'm not sure that the writing matched the energy that Oscar Isaac brought to the night. So that's, you know, kind of where I'm at about things. Um, some of this, some worked, some didn't as much. And that's why it's always fun to go through things sketch by sketch. So uh, panel chat, let's do that. And let's start with our cold open that we saw tonight, which was the uh, Fox News Ukraine celebration uh, written by Colin Jost. Um, and we got to see uh, James Austin Johnson return as Trump for the fourth time. Kate as Laura Ingram. Uh, Alex as Tucker Carlson. Uh, we had some background players. Uh, Bowen as a Steven Seagal who once hosted the show, as many people know famously. Um, and we obviously got Mikey Zahn Jr. Cecily as Kimberly uh, Guilfoyle. So lots of stuff in here of a typical Republican cold open. Andrew Dick, what do you think about it? Uh, I mean, you know, I don't... Okay. First, I want to say, hey, there's a concept here. Like, look at that. We have a concept, and it was almost interesting. But then we started doing the usual, let's throw everything at the wall. And two songs, like, and like the whole, by the time we got to the Trump song, I was so completely out that I, I, 
I was aghast. And really just like, I mean, you know, James, like his Trump is super solid. It's great. I don't want to see it week after week. Uh, like, why are we doing this still? Who is this but, for? But like, wait, what I, worked? What worked for you? You said that something did work. What did work? <sighs> just the the fact that we had a concept, honestly. I mean, this is really okay. like I'm it's small potatoes was just simply we had a concept here than just it's a Fox News talk show or something. But I don't even feel they they really went through with the telethon uh, theming strongly enough. Like uh, that's a that's a strong concept and one well enough to to have all these characters. But I feel like they uh, still didn't really connect with it well enough. And I don't I just I'm so I don't need the Trump. I don't need the Trump. Please stop doing it, please. And the Seagal was fun. I mean, I've co we've covered the episode, the Seagal episode on that week in SNL. Uh, and so, you know, it's still fun to see that SNL is, is so ready to just crap on this man. And it was a fun little bit of bizarre performance art from Bowen, uh, which I think was his only role of the night. Um, so that was kind of fun, too. But then the rest just became white noise. Like, it just... it it really fell off pretty quickly for me of just like, Ooh, interesting concept. Oh, the Trump. Okay. Seagal. Oh no. Oh no. And yeah. that, that's where I kind of left. Okay. Interesting. I had a little bit of a different take on it and it's interesting because I, I think a lot of the chat seems to agree with you. And as we put up the, the uh, different comments on screen, but I, I sort of feel that part of me was like, I, I really do enjoy James Austin Johnson's Trump, like way compared to what we've seen before. And every single time it went away from that, I always kind of felt like it was like, why do we have to go to other things when this is actually good and working? Like that's just so, been six years of it though. It's like it's, it's different. Not even, like, this is he's a different not even one. part of yeah. the constant news cycle anymore. So it's like we're trying to make up for the last, you know, five, six years with like, all right, here's a finally, here's a decent impersonation of it. But it's like, I don't need this anymore. Please don't give any breathing room to this. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, let's get let's get the other panelists opinion on this. So, Nicole, uh, what did you think of the cold open? I thought that in terms of a so basically we've had two weeks right to, to decide what this was going to be when we did a cold open about Ukraine. What was the hook going to be? What was the angle? Whatever, because we didn't do it last week. I thought it was beautiful what was done last week, but it gave the show extra time to come up with the angle to approach this in a cold open sense. So. I was ex I had high expectations knowing that thinking about that that we've had a lot of time to think about how we're going to do this and I don't like when it is very all over and there are so many different moving pieces that much just because I, I like I, I like shorter cold opens for the most part and I like when it's like really it feels jam-packed in the sense that it's it's just more dense I, I'm I'm happy if a lot is going on if each segment is short um, because I like to be all, like fast and moving around and like, oh, this is happening. That's happening. So if that's happening, it's great. But every segment felt long. So I, that wasn't great. And then one, one tidbit about the, uh, the dress rehearsal was we actually got Kate as Laura Ingram and there was a pre-recorded Kate doing Lindsey Graham and they were side by side for a, a good portion of, of the time. And I loved that. It was, I mean, you're, we talk about how you're you're a legend if you're doing two characters in one sketch, even if one's pre-recorded and one is live. We very few people have done that, and we love talking about anything like that. 
And I just, I loved that. And, and that felt like a good example of experimentation with formats and, and trying things and maybe it worked. It got a great reaction. So I think it did work and maybe the, the, that's the kind of thing they're going to try out in the future. But I, I'd love to see more of that. That was my favorite part of what hmm. I saw at Dress. But it's weird they cut that. I, I don't know why they would cut that. Yeah. Yeah, so and it, 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 it worked in Dress. Like there was it. no there was Oh, no yeah, it got a positive reception. People loved it. Um, hmm. And it was filmed. So taking yeah. the time to do a pre-recorded segment, you, I would think you'd prioritize that over something you could cut on the spot that hasn't been filmed already. So my favorite part of it, unfortunately, not everybody got to see. I, there were parts of it that I liked. Um, I, I liked the Marilago setting when they were when they were putting out the set. I was like, this kind of looks like at first I thought it was a funeral casket, but then it was just flowers. And and then I thought it looked like that one that they did in England for, for the queen and the royal family and the wedding. And it, it was I thought all these different things. And then when it was Marilago, I was like, yes, that makes sense. And it was a fun setting and it was kind of different. So I liked the I liked the overarching angle more than I liked the execution on this one. In short, yeah. and I think the episode got better after that. Okay, Rob, what did you think of it? Yeah, this it's not it's one of those things that's it's not SNL's fault, but I have a hard time laughing at just general concept things that feel too close in the news, and then I think shoehorning Trump into any political sketch at this point, I'm just so sick of. And it's not, I feel like they they feel like they have to do it. There's not really a choice. Like if there's not some sort of commentary about whatever dumb shit he said in the past week, sorry, I'm not supposed to swear. Um, hey, I then, wasn't the first one that did it this time. Right? Uh, yeah, nice. forgive me. Um, <laughs> then they feel like they're almost missing out. And I do, J.A.J. Is, is terrific. He's so spot on. But I just, every time he were to come on screen, I was like, oh, please, I, I don't want to watch this. I thought, again, I know that Andrew had just kind of said this, but the idea of the telethon is interesting. And I thought it could have been a great showcase for performers where some person comes on, has like, you know, two lines as someone we would expect to see, then they cut back, then they cut, and it was just could have been uh, an instance where everybody got to do something, but instead it was just a lot of Trump and uh, I'm just... I'm, I'm sick of it, but that's not SNL's fault. I want to, I want to give them leeway. That's not I just don't fault. know. I don't understand why they always go to the well of them singing a song too. Just like they've been doing that for years. And it's like, what is the joke here? Like why? Well, I, it's, I, it, 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 I think it's low hanging fruit, right? It's just like, here, let's get the, you know, let's, let's find that's, that's what it is, right? They, they can know they could do the impressions. They know that this is easy. And the truth was, is like, well, I, I don't know, but I know, look, the cold open is always the last thing that's written in, in general. What I know from the season is like they've been writing cold opens very last minute for, yeah. for a lot of episodes this season, including for this week. So in which case mm. they decided to go ahead and and put this together. And yeah. look, let's we've we've uh, analyzed this enough. I don't know that yeah. we're going to say anything new. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, let's let's talk about the monologue. OK, so uh, so Oscar Isaac comes out, like I said, full of energy and this was really exciting to get to see him out on stage i knew he looked like super happy and pumped to be there and i just really love the trend we speak about this all season i love the trend of some you know first-time hosts coming out there and really letting us know who they are as a person letting us get to know them from previous eras of their life this is something that i think know that they've made like a concerted effort to do this season so getting to see all the stuff about the avenger from when he was 10 years old for me was really <laughs> really fun nicole can i start with you on this one what did you think of the monologue 
I loved the monologue. I thought he had the, an amazing stage presence, both on screen and, and in person. Just so it, it felt so. And people in the comments are, are saying it felt short. And it wasn't it, it was actually on the longer side in terms of this season. There have been several monologues that were shorter. Wait, sorry, sorry. Speaking of short, is Oscar Isaac short? <laughs> I was going to ask you that when I saw him. Oh, I don't think <laughs> so. I mean, it's, it was okay. hard to tell. Taller than okay. me. So if someone's taller than me, I don't I can't tell. Um, <laughs> I don't think Please go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, it, I think it's a good thing. People are like, it felt short when it really, there were several monologues so far this season that were shorter than this one. And it's because he had, it went by quickly because he had such a radiant, charismatic, like just high energy vibe. And it was like radiating off the walls. And I could have heard him. I, I would have been happy to hear him speak for a long time as if he were a seasoned stand-up comedian. That's kind of the energy he was giving. And I was loving it everything he said i thought that this the clips were so endearing from the avenger and people always talk about how the avengers for marvel people is the biggest deal in the world and so for him to actually have that and to have that full circle moment was just like i mean if i was so happy i can't imagine how happy he was and to not only have that moment for his marvel life but then to show it to the world on snl it's like he was beaming and again i was happy like he it was just off the walls. He seemed so happy. And like, what more would you ever want from, from a host in their monologue? For sure. I, I agree. Rob, what do you think of the monologue? I thought that them including the Avenger or just something from his past was just, it was adorable. I couldn't help but watch him watch himself. And just, I can't imagine what that would possibly be like, especially how weird that must be for his friend that he name dropped at home. Just watching TV, like who would have thought, you know, 30 years later, their movie from when they were 10 years old together is going to show up on, you know, the biggest comedy franchise in the world. Um, he just was very clearly very happy to be there. And again, carried himself with the confidence of somebody who had done it before, uh, which not every, not every host that comes on can say. Um, I, I hope that they, I hope they release the Avenger in full on the <laughs> SNL <laughs> YouTube channel. I think that would be a great little, like, that almost cut for time sort of thing. That would um, be amazing. And yeah, yeah it, it was, it was, it felt an, an appropriate length. And I think somebody in the comments said it was good to not have a lot of the cast show up and just have him go up there and be himself. Um, he's just a, God, he's a charming, handsome man, that Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Love sure. him. Love him. Big yeah. man crush. Andrew, I do know that SNL has a long history with home movies going back to the days of Mr. Bill. So how did you feel about seeing Oscar Isaac here with his home movie? Oh, this was excellent. I loved this. This was so charming. And, you know, I, I should loop back around. I think I forget what episode it was, maybe the first episode that I was on this season where you would ask, uh, you know, who do you want to see host this season? And I, my only answer was like, Oscar Isaac? You know, he should be fun. And so, yes, Oscar Isaac, what fun. And I love, you know, just I love the seasons, um, you know, just going back to traditional monologues and just using that uh, section of the show to just lay out who this person is, what their vibe is, what their energy is, and maybe some, you know, just goofy little thing about them and so throwing it to a like you know it, it just felt very um like a shared experience like i i don't know i'm sure we've all made goofy little films with our friends 
And so to then, you know, some 20 years later, present that on SNL is such a charming idea. And uh, short or long or whatever, I felt this monologue was just as long as it needed to be. And uh, I loved it. It was it was honestly one of my uh, favorite moments of the night, which is very rare for the monologues uh, or episodes. But, you know, th- this one really won me over and just like, yes, Oscar is game. And that was charming as hell. And I'm, I'm so on board for for all of this. Yeah, for sure. And it's really easy to be a little bit more lenient when you start to like the host because of the monologue. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's, you know, that's where it opens up to different possibilities. So let's start with our first uh, live sketch that we get after the monologue. And this was possibilities. Yes, exactly. Oh, you, you just stole my bit, but it was right into Paw Patrol. And uh, I love this. So you just get, we, we're vibing. Um, but uh, yeah, we see Oscar Isaac here as Herb Tangler, uh, who comes out with a very odd voice. Um, and we see lots of people from Paw Patrol. So uh, I personally have never watched Paw Patrol. I have younger cousins who are very into Paw Patrol. And I know it was, you know, big in terms of, you know, TV shows and merchandise and Halloween costumes and stuff. So obviously Paw Patrol is really big. And Rob, I'll start with you on this one but just this we have this weird trend of like them going back to random tv shows and finding a way to make fun of them over the last couple months what'd you think of paw patrol yeah it felt a little bit it felt a little bit like a 10 to 1 sketch where it's just sort of this this very particular subset of like a cultural phenomenon uh that's not like a movie or something just like a specific kid show uh so very much enjoyed that i thought that uh, it was a fun reveal at the end when it was his it was his wife that he was railing against to kick out of office. I thought that was a nice little touch. Um, and I think it's just it's one of those kind of absurdist sketches that can be super hit or can be super missed. And I thought this one mostly was a hit. Um, I think it was it was very it was uh, enjoyable to have him going back to the. Uh, multiple like constituents to get him on his side. I just, I thought this was a lot of fun uh, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Andrew, what do you think of it? Uh, I liked this concept, but there was something in the unraveling that simply didn't work for me. Uh, Somehow, some way, Uh, like I liked the bits with Oscar. Like, I really think it was, you know, I'm sure he had a hand in writing this. It was the 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 parts with Mikey where I felt like it really sledgehammered uh, the concept a bit too much that uh, it kind of got away from like the more insane details of it and, and kind of, you know, you know, just hung the lampshade on it all that I really didn't need. And also it needed some tightening. It did. It did run long. But overall, conception-wise, I was on board, and then it just didn't fully come together for me, which which will be, you know, a refrain, sadly, for me uh, tonight about a lot of things, where it's like, ooh, I like this concept, and then it just, ooh, it just didn't fully come together. But, um, you know, decent effort. I got some laughs, but I really felt like it could have used a pass of editing honestly yeah i i love the concept too i just felt like they could have gone darker with it i, yes. I really felt like there was something there for sure especially when it was it very surface like, level you know y- yes. like I, I i don't know much about paw patrol but it hit all the beats i know about paw patrol and i know that mikey has a younger son so like going deeper would have been 
the more insane route to go, you know, for me. So uh, for sure. I, for I, sure. The, I just, the, uh, yeah, go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Just it, it was even funnier to me when they got to specific stuff that I never would have known about. So it was almost like the more specific and deep that they went, the funnier that I thought it was because, yeah. you know, when it's something that clearly not the average person is going to know, unless <laughs> right. they have kids who watch Paw Patrol, um, that was enjoyable for me. Yes, I, I do feel like the the one part, Nicole, that I, I felt like I just wish they went down further was the part where uh, they don't have anybody in the sex trafficking uh, section of their organization <laughs> because kids don't know anything about that. And I was like, that's where I wanted them to keep going with the deeper stuff, but I, we didn't get it. Uh, how did you feel about the Paw Patrol overall? I, I like this one. I definitely, now that we got to know Mikey's son in the SNL at Homes, I feel like we all know that kid now from that the, the prank sketch that they did that was one also of my favorites. question was that him in the sketch i don't know we have to find that do we out. know that oh, do we know who oh, that kid know. was okay i was no, wondering I that. we'll figure yeah. it out yeah. we'll, okay. we'll, we'll keep enough. everybody Sorry. updated but yeah. no no you're good but um i feel like i could feel that kid in this sketch even though we, we saw him all that time ago and it was just such a memorable sketch that i feel like mikey's personality and his kid's personality shone through but it's funny that you're saying you wish it went darker because I think there was a line that was changed. So, so when Mikey, the darkest Mikey went, there was a line where he said his, his wife was hurt or injured or something. Right. Yeah. He didn't say that his wife was killed. Oh, okay. Because in dress, in dress, he said his wife was killed and it didn't really land. People were like, Oh, 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 should we laugh? Should we not laugh? It kind of was like a, it was like that. Yeah, see, so that's, that's, that's a huge mistake. Cowards. Yeah, that's a huge mistake. Well, uh, but the, yeah, no, the they, they should have definitely just, kept that in. Yeah, it, it didn't really land in in context, but maybe maybe it would have been worth the risk. Uh, but that that's just another little tidbit. Is they did go darker and then they they scaled it back. Mm-hmm. I liked this one. It wasn't. It's going to be a little bit of the more forgettable ones for me of the night. But I I liked. I thought. Just Paw Patrol. It's a, it's a cute idea. Again, playing with format a little bit and all that. It was it was fun. It was just like easy fun. And then dark dark themes with this sort of light allure illusion. And it, it felt kind of like how those shows that we used to watch, like SpongeBob and every show, like secretly, it's written by adults. So anything that you don't realize is super dark and like funny in in serious like R rated ways from childhood. It's like, I feel yeah. like it, it was like that. Um, and so it, it was nice for that reason. But, yeah, it's, it's like yeah. one of those like Little Red Riding Hood things where it's like, if you know, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. But uh, okay, let's uh, let's move on to our first pre-tape of the night. We get something called Inventing Chloe, which is a play on Netflix's Inventing Anna, a Julia Garner uh, show that is very popular right now. And Nicole, uh, can I start with you on this one? What were your thoughts on seeing the behind yes. the scenes of Saturday Live where Chloe turns into Inventing Chloe? Oh, I loved this one. This was easily like top three for me of the night because I've been big in inventing Anna fan. I, I walk by that building, 281 Park. If you know, you know, I walk by it all the time and I whip out my, my Anna Delvey accent and I wish it was, it's just like, I love it. It's, it's very all consuming. That show is so much fun. And she did such a good job with it because the internet is having so much fun with that show. And it really showed why SNL is what it is and, and and needs to be what it is because I was like, how are they going to do something original that hasn't been done? Every on my TikTok for you page, everybody's whipping out the accent and doing 
the the famous lines and they still managed to subvert my expectations in, in a lot of ways they they i liked um oh i'm frozen Oh no, I'm sorry. No, you're good. You got it. We got you. We got you, Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can't see me. We're gonna yeah. just take we're gonna trust. You're back. Okay. You're good. So yeah. They use so many amazing lines from the show. Like I'm just gonna whip out a few if if you don't know the show. These were all quotes. Like, um, did I write them? Oh, you're being so dramatic. You look poor. The wire transfer's on the way. So many lines. They were integrating it into the, the, the thing. And it was just it was a perfect like behind the scenes type of thing I, I love when there's a little bit of walking through the hallways even just these little moments like that and, and it, it was so much fun and, and Chloe was the perfect person to do that Kate was the perfect person to be the, like the, the kind of like antagonist of the sketch who ends up wanting to do her own thing because I think it just it just was it was so much fun and like a great pre-tape and a great like like uh, compliment to the show itself like to, to the Netflix show like you watch that show and then you send your friends this this sketch on YouTube they're like oh you, you, you're watching Inventing Anna okay you have to watch this this sketch from SNL like it, it feels like that type of compliment to the content that it's parodying and that's one of my favorite sides of SNL is when it's like oh there, here's the sketch I have to text my friend so I loved sure. it I loved it well Andrew I would think that you're not streaming Inventing Anna on your Twitch anytime soon and haven't been seeing this on your For You page. So how did this sketch play for you? I mean, I am aware of the show, uh, mostly through one of the stars being on Comedy Bang Bang the other week. Uh, I have not encountered uh, people on my feed talking about the show. I'm not I'm not also on TikTok, so I don't know if that's where it's taking off. So I was actually kind of surprised that they were uh, uh, doing a parody of something that was so recent and to my, uh, you know, experience not talked about much. Uh, so but I did know the basic uh, details of what the show is. And I do like a backstage romp. Okay. And this didn't, I mean, again, this is another one where it's like, okay, I like the, I like that we're experimenting. I like that we're going backstage. That's fun. Uh, I like that we're trying something very new, you know, like parroting something very new. There's something about, I don't want to get too far into it. There's something about Chloe that does not connect with me. I don't know what it is. I cannot put it into words. Um, so there's that. This had decent heightening throughout it. Um, but but overall, it, it just it sadly failed to connect for me. Uh, it, it felt a little rote, but I did like the beat with uh, with Michael Che of just oh, like I'm taking that. I'm taking over update. And he's like, well, bye. Like, just, already right, had, just already had the suitcase there. The suitcase was a nice detail. Uh, this might be something, you know, I, I go back and rewatch and I will notice more small details in, in it. Uh, but overall was not not terribly thrilled with it, but I didn't, you know, I didn't hate it. It was just, uh, well, I don't know, it question, just right? missed me. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the question, right? Because I, I knew that Nicole would know everything about this. Mm. And I wasn't sure that you would. So the question was, is does this play if you don't know the show? So Rob, I'll send it over to you. Mm. Do you know the show and does this play for you? I do know the show, but I have not seen it. I feel like I'm right in, the, in between. I've definitely heard of it. I've seen the articles talking about 
how bizarre the accent is that um, Julia Garner has for the show, but in a sort of complimentary way where it's like Anna Delby in real life is this like has a multicultural background and because of that has an kind of ambiguous accent. As soon as I saw, I think it was like a, a promo for this show and heard how bizarre the accent to me sounded, I was like, SNL is going to do something about this. So when this came on, I was like, there it is, finally. Um, and I thought the the uh, idea of it was a little bit better than the execution of it. Um, it's, Chloe was, she was, as is no surprise, was a perfect impersonation of what the character was in the show thus far. Um, but, uh, the thing, the thing that stuck out to me for most is, uh, the, the writer's assistant that popped up who just kept coming back in and being just like, still waiting on that. I'm in deep here. And then he gets arrested at the end. I thought that was a nice little detail. Yeah. That, that was the best through line for me was, was that escalation of that joke. For sure. And that's the second time we've seen him, actually. That's Jacob Kaplan. He's a writer's assistant. And he uh, he was in a Kyle sketch during the Billie Eilish episode of Kyle Mooney oh, backstage. Okay. Yeah. So that's the second time we've seen him this season. Um, OK, uh, I, I agree, by the way, the, the Michael Che part was my favorite part where he's walking away with a suitcase. Just very classic <laughs> and great. Line. So ready to go. So ready to go. And you can't like I, I enjoy every time we get Michael Che out of the update desk every now and then. I think it's really fun to see him in something. Um, OK, let's talk about the human resources meeting sketch that we got to see. This was a Colin Jost and please don't destroy team up sketch. And uh, we got to see Oscar Isaac, Cecily Keenan, Andrew 80. Ego and Bowen talking a lot about different rules for harassment. So, Andrew, start with you. What do you think of this one? Oh, man. You know, it kind of hurt my soul when you told me who was involved with this because I've really enjoyed the Please Don't Destroy Boys and their, their especially their live sketches. Uh, oh, man, this whiffed hard for me. So, I, I don't. Uh, Nothing about this amused me, honestly. It, it, it felt very boilerplate, modern SNL of just, here's two people, here's a bunch of people, they react to them. Uh, it, it just none, none of these beats worked. And well, Andrew, I have a surprise for you. You were on a podcast called It Could Be Worse. And it could be. <laughs> I mean, I suppose it could be worse, but Lord, for this episode, I don't think it could be worse than this one. And that really kind of hurts because, uh, woof, I, I just, mm, I, I, just I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, what? go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I just I, I I'm 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 a little bit uh, dumbfounded that I didn't think this was that bad. Like I, I it wasn't like the best thing, but it was like totally I, fine. I think. I don't know. I'm just so kind of tired of this, like two people stand in front of a room of people staring at them and they give an awkward presentation and everybody goes, what? And it's like, that's the joke. And then they go, what? And they go, that's the joke. What? That's a joke. Sexual intercourse of the bathroom. It wow. just felt, it just felt wacky town. And uh, honestly, I, I, I don't, I was, I was shocked. That the okay, yeah. mm. all right, Rob, get in here. What do you think? I'm so gonna, I'll be back in a it, second. In the past week, uh, I listened to the the Colin Jost's uh, autobiography, and he talks about the censors and the random stuff that they had to change. Uh, and 
the repetition of raw intercourse, having that in the back of my head immediately made me laugh. Um, the sketch itself was was funny and fun, you know, relatively forgettable. I don't think, definitely not going to go down as a, a classic or anything like that. But I have to imagine now that there was some sort of word that they wanted to choose instead, but the censors came in and were like, you got to tone it down a little bit. And they went with raw intercourse. And that just, I chuckled every time that they said that and that they repeated it like six times. So uh, it, it made me chuckle watching it by myself. And that's always a win for me. Okay. Nicole, how did this play in the house? Yeah, this was pretty like average of the night. I was like, when I was predicting which ones would be cut and which ones would get the biggest laughs and go the most viral, this one was definitely like middle of the pack for me. It did remind me of another um, sketch that we, we were talking about this all, all of us a little bit earlier. But what's funny is the sketch that, that our friend Ellis, who, who works with us, was he he sent to us um, was a different office type of sketch where it was HR and there were problems. And what was funny was Keenan's character in this sketch was, it wasn't a recurring sketch, but Keenan's character in this one was similar to the one he played in that one. So it, it was kind of a similar beat with that. He was, it was the one with Scarlett Johansson where it was, he was Charlie and, and they were both getting fired and, and he had a million reasons he should be getting fired and Scarlett didn't. Oh, so yes, anyway, it was, yes, a, yes. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was Ellis who, who was uh, talking about that one and it was super similar and Keenan had the same type of role in both. So I like, there's not much to add. It was, it played pretty similarly. I think in dresses it did live. It was funny. It was kind of quirky and, and different. And it, it again had that line of the two people ended up kind of like, it was like a, are they together? Are they not similar as all the sketches where it ended up being revealed that the the girl was the guy's wife. And at, at the very end, uh, it, it was kind of the same through line as, as a few other sketches where that was the case. So not much to report. I, I liked it. I didn't love it. There is a problem, I feel, uh, really, I don't even know if it's a new problem for SNL, but there there are a lot of sketches where they just throw a lot of extraneous details into that don't really add much uh, of like just extra character business to the side uh, that I feel just only muddles the concept of just like, where am I supposed to be looking at, like you know, just like, where's the, yeah. the humor delivery coming from? Uh, that I feel like, again, just simple, clean editing should meddle out uh, that I, I, I don't feel is happening. So, yeah, just the whole thing with Keenan and Andrew and AD at the table and him like peeking under, you know, stalls and stuff. It's like, what is this adding? This is adding nothing but seconds to the show. Well, and, that's you a know, character that. Yeah, that, that's a uh, an effect of having too many cast members. Like, I mean, this is the coldest take in the world, but I'm saying that's an effect of it where it's you end up having yeah. people that you feel like you have to throw into the sketches because you yeah. want to include them in some way. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're all on the same page about this one. I mean, look, I didn't think it was that bad, but I did. Sorry think if that somebody said that. Uh, as I no, 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 no. No, you didn't. Uh, you're, we're good. But the uh, I did. I did enjoy the full line where it's like, uh, let's send the women home to their hunky husbands and the men to their shrill, <laughs> naggy wives. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, <laughs> let's talk. Let's let's talk about meatballs. You suck, John. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about meatballs. Okay, so Ooh. Uh, let let me start with this. Uh, first off, uh, 
Kean Thompson, uh, legendary cast member, been on the show almost 20 years. Uh, we, you know, I, I spent a lot of time counting every single sketch that anyone who's ever been on the show was in. And uh, I, I figured sometime around the Olympic break, Keenan was going to hit 1,500 sketches. And I was wondering which sketch he was finally going to get to. Uh, we were happy to post that today. And congratulations to Keenan Thompson for his 1,500 sketch, Meatballs. <laughs> so, Meatballs. Um, what a... This, and congratulations yeah, to, to John off. as well for 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 your work on on that. It, it is <laughs> it yeah, I, I can attest. John has John has put in the hours, and so it's so it's very rewarding. I think for all of us in the community that that we have these stats to celebrate oh, with John's you, hard you. work. So it was it was it were, it was very exciting to be celebrating your work and Keenan's work. More Keenan's work than your work. But but more more to Keenan. Keenan Keenan actually had to (laughs) do a lot more to Keenan than you. (laughs) Yes, yes. yes. I I worked hard too, but good for Keenan. Um, Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So yes. Um, so there's a lot of headlines to talk through this one. Obviously, our weirdest sketch of the night. This was as close to Sarah Squirm as I think we've gotten on the show. So I think that was kind of cool. Um, Rob, can I start with you on this one? What do you think of meatballs? Uh I respect them using nope. her voice on the show. It made me nope. uncomfortable, and I did not enjoy it at all. Nope, uh, wrong take. It, it, it it's all right. Let's move on, John. As she, as she, mic. she took the, she took, the, she took the thing off. I was like, oh, I don't want to see that anymore. And then it went from one to fifteen, and I was just like, I was watching it like this. It's, but that doesn't mean it's bad. That just means I was squirmish there's a pun for you um sarah squirmish yeah yeah. yes um but uh, someone that enjoyed it more yeah Oh my God, this was amazing. Andrew, please get oh, jump in here. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Hey, finally, Sarah finally figured out a way to get her vibe onto the show that isn't the weekend update. Let's make fun of Colin thing. Uh, so, yeah, this is slightly nightmarish. Um, didn't really go into the, the gore aspects that Sarah uh, likes to, to, to dive into, but this is close enough. And uh, this totally worked for me, especially like the psychedelic wonderland of all the, the meatballs and stuff. And Jim, you know, like Keenan finally gets to inaugurate uh, 1500 uh, sketches with with Jim. Yes. Yeah, that's and, the great uh, thing about, about SNL is you can have these major milestones and they could come on the weirdest sketches. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so this was great. This was the experimentation of the episode uh, completely working in his favor for me. Uh, so yeah, loved this. Uh, hope that she can even inch this further into uh, you know, fe- uh, you know, freaking out people like Rob. Like I, I want that. I just want you yeah. know, just more of that. Um, you know, again, as uh, somebody says, it's TV safe, Sarah. But it was close enough to the overall vibe that I was like, yes, here we are. We finally arrived, and. Uh, Hmm. Best of the night. I I think for me, possibly it's, it's tied with something else. So, you know, tied with, with as best of the night. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I agree. I also think, by the way, just wanted to make this quick point. I got, uh, I don't even remember the Andy Samberg character, Quato, the guy that was like living in the stomachs that where people were in the couch. Oh, right. Yeah. The total recall thing. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, that that gave me that vibes a little bit. Mm. Um, but uh, Nicole, tell me if this is a crazy take or not. But is Sarah having just as good a rookie season at this point as James Austin Johnson? 
it depends what your cup of tea is. For me, I would say 100% because I'm the biggest Sarah fan ever. And like, I can appreciate the unbelievably skilled impressionists and be so grateful that that SNL has this genius Trump impressionist and like so talented, can't say enough good things about J.A.J., but just like my favorite types of things. Like I, re- I feel like I relate so much to Sarah and I like being like a, like a quirky, like Jewish girl, you know, who like, I feel like she inspires me from when I was little, kind of like my inner child. She really reminds me of like the four-year-old me that I think I have tamed over the years. And it, it just inspires me to be that, that girl again. Like I loved being messy and, and like all that type of stuff. And I, I was never a, an amazing artist like she is how she does all of work um if you see beyond the show as we all have talked about she does so much art and infuses art and comedy like I'm not saying I could be talented like that but just it just she inspires me I think to be an inner child so in short a hundred percent because it she has this completely different energy and and different concepts that she's bringing to the show and it's something very, very, very refreshing. And we talk about eras of the show. I think Sarah, more than maybe anyone, represents potentially ushering in a new era. And John, you talk a lot about how this era has been marked by a lot of musical theater, a lot of, I mean, that's probably the main thing I think we talk about that's been a common thread this season, or this era. But I think Sarah is maybe ushering in this more physicality and this more um, art and this more like crazy, bold, pushing the limits. Um, and I, I'm just like, I'm so excited for her. And I, I think something I think that works about Sarah Sherman, last thing I'll, I'll say on this one, and just on the sketch, I, I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. But just in a general sense with Sarah, I think that she, her, her magic um, is that I think she is a lot more polished than she lets on. I think she, she is very wild and passionate and bold and boom, boom, boom out there. But I think her the way she operates is very organized and hardworking and like like head down, get the work done. And I, I feel like that's her magic is like she is. So, and, and people say, how how did SNL hire this like wackadoodle one of a kind comedian who's so like risky or whatever? And she's not. She's like, I think she's a really hard worker. I, I agree who's consistent in she's consistent in her all this stuff. And so, like, I think she's the best addition to the show in that sense that she's bringing something that no one else is bringing. Whereas JJ is bringing the best in caliber of something we have already seen. Whereas Sarah is bringing something completely different from anything we've seen. So it's just apples and oranges in a sense. I totally agree. I I love that. And and the next era of the show is all about making Rob uncomfortable. I think we have something here. (laughs) So yeah, let's, 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 I feel like I'm insulting your childhood now by not liking this sketch it's <laughs> way, way to flip it on me now i'm just like oh god it's oh yeah i put you in a what, tough what's spot wrong? what's wrong? Oh, just, it, it provides legit variety to the show you know yes. the the, the fact right. you know just the show operates on you know the fact that not everything is going to work for everybody uh but i do enjoy that that you know this is now a lane it can take you know, for one sketch for the night, this will not work for Rob. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it was and good. That's it fine. was good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think you'll come around on it. I'm pretty sure you will. Um, yeah. I gotta watch okay. some seminar or something. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Get more on board. Okay. 
Charlie XCX, uh, overall, uh, one of my favorite musical guests of the season, I actually think. I actually think she did a really, really good job tonight. I was really impressed with with her overall. And I, I just like that she's game. I love that she's willing to do sketches and stuff. And uh, I thought her, her song was really good. I, 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 you know, again, not here for the John Mulaney uh, conversations. Uh, Charlie seemed like we're going back to the same like pre-recorded pop. Did you know? It's just like I mean, it was fine. Yeah, but it's not your vibe, though. You know? Yeah. Neither songs were offensive yeah. or whatever, but it's just like LCD sound systems. Like that was that was crazy, not so crap. And it's like, oh, this is yes, this is yes. Uh, yeah. that's what I want. And then Charlie was just like, eh, it's a pop song. I'm like being kind of, uh, you know, swallowed by my backing track. Like the mix sounded really awful. Um, so sorry to just then crap on your opinion, but you know, uh, no, you're not crapping on it. It's just, it's just, I think, I think, uh, LCD sound system is more the thing that you look for in music on SNL. And I think Charlie XCX was for me, yeah. like I was just having a great time, you know, like, yeah, that's, you that's know, variety, is, so. variety. Yeah. So, for sure. you know, I got, sure. I got my thing and you got your thing. All right, uh, let's let's rapidify this. Uh, Nicole, Rob, thumbs up on on Charlie XX. Thumb down. What do you guys think? All right, thumbs up from thumbs Rob. Up for Nicole. the most part. Yeah. Cool. Yes. All right, let's do update. Simple, fun. Awesome. All right, let's do weekend update. Uh, Nicole, do you want to start with what uh, what was cut from weekend update tonight? We had another piece that was yes. not on there. Yeah. Yes. So there were three. So it was in the so Kate went first, and then we had Kyle as Dan Bilzerian, and he was in this huge like like what he was in a white t-shirt but picture like the super muscular macho dudes who wear white t-shirts not like a a nerdy kid who wears white t-shirt he these these like these pecs that were built on on him some sort of prosthetic pecs and they even showed a picture of him in the pecs at like when they 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 you know panned to a photo and it was like these they were like drawn on him or something but his body was enlarged they were using some sort of audio to change his voice i don't think it was just kyle changing his voice there was something like on his back i noticed when he was walking out he had like a strip that so i think there was some cool thing that was altering his voice and the tech was cool the the prosthetics were cool but it, it was pretty clear i think and i love kyle and i i the whole bit about kyle perpetually getting cut and everything like saddens me deeply but this in terms of the three, it was for sure the, the weakest one. I think that was obvious from from the crowd and, and just the consensus. So maybe he'll bring it back, um, but I think it was the right call. Andrew, and he was, it, it was, he was playing who? Uh, Dan, Dan Bilzerian. That's who? He's like, I don't even, I don't even know who he is. He, he's like a, he's like famous for, yeah, there's no famous way. For, being rich and crazy for, yeah. it's kind yeah. of yeah, yeah he's he's wild and he's uh -huh. posting all all this random stuff on social yeah it's like okay well yeah. let's get to the right. stuff that was on the show <laughs> i yeah, think the obscurity the of that yeah. whole thing is yeah. probably why i got cut then yeah all right let's get let's get to what was on the show tonight and let's start with uh kate mckinnon's piece on weekend update so uh nicole do you want to touch on kate's piece yeah oh i loved it i thought it was like the perfect way to handle this and on hollywood dish which is our if you don't know if that's our podcast that rebecca and i host on thursdays we definitely tune in talk pop culture everything as it relates to snl so we were excited to see what they were going to do with this because i think people on all sides of, of the aisle can like kind of laugh about this actually we didn't talk about it that much um but but we did a little bit and i think that I'm getting confused with something else we were talking about. It's late. I'm sorry. I watched the show twice tonight. Right, I'm what, sorry. what do you think of Kate's thing? Yeah. Anyway, I just I, I loved it. I thought it was the perfect way to to handle this, and it's always fun. It reminded me like she always is wearing the same outfit when she comes on as herself. So it reminded me of the 
the what still works cold open that she did because she was wearing the same thing and had the same energy and it, it was just a, a really good way to, to handle it and last thing i'll say is the the meme that's stuck in my head is he didn't say i couldn't i'm not going to sing my favorites but saying you know and that's what it was to me if you know you know the ariana grande i can't do it i'm hoarse usually my voice is like high i'm so hoarse I'm just, uh, All right, uh-huh. and, and Andrew, what, what, how do you? <laughs> yeah, what, how do you feel about Kate on Weekend Update? I this was fine. Um, I don't know. I the I was on board with the initial idea, much like a lot of things tonight. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I felt like it was just kind of base level, kind of kind of surface level exploration of this concept, and uh, like it didn't. It went neither nor like I, I felt like they didn't want to go, you know, as as hard in the paint as as the, you know, Cecily clown abortion thing, which was very divisive. I enjoyed it mostly. But, you know, it was like it was very, uh, you know, just like it had a lot of things going on. And this also has a lot of things going on, but less so. And I'd like I don't know. I just felt it didn't really get there for me. Like I enjoyed the concept and I was was like, okay. And then hmm, like, okay. All right. Rob, what'd you think? Yeah. I think it's, it's another one of those things in the same way that it's, it's tough for me to laugh about political stuff when it's just, it feels so close is that you almost want her to be like angrier about it, but then it's, it's not a comedy show anymore and it becomes something that we're not laughing about despite how, you know, offensive it is. Um, so I liked it. I thought it was a very good, good concept, but I just kept waiting for her to be, to get like angrier. But then again, I don't know if that's the right place for that to happen. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought as good as it could be, maybe. I love it when SNL cast members come out as themselves on weekend update. I think it's like the one place where you can you can get to know somebody way better. And I think that, you know, even if you come out as yourself in character, I think that's even, you know, fun in itself. Uh, this I just wish they has- would do that more with something that isn't as tricky of a situation to deal with than this, you know. Right. And, and look, and this ca- this cast in particular in this era of the show has been known to feel very strongly affected by things that are happening out in the world and then wanting to put that into their performances. Other casts, other eras of the show are just you know, more focused on being insular at the show, I would think, and letting the writers do that job. So I think that this is something that obviously affected certain people at the show and really felt like they had to, you know, do something about it so uh but i but honestly anytime that's you know somebody comes out as themselves it's, it's really great for the show because i think it's just it's really how you connect with the show more is you get to know them as cast members and you feel that connection even if you don't agree with everything they're saying or maybe you do it's it's uh that's that's what i did enjoy um now just saying all that um seeing ego come out for the second time as pauline uh like a mother in her deepest darkest hour i think that's what they described her the first time uh <laughs> this was really fun because I, I was okay. I, I actually really enjoy this. I actually think this was one of the best part of the Elon Musk episode that we had in season 46. Oh boy, it was part of that. Yeah. yeah so I actually yeah. did. Uh, I did enjoy that. I, I did feel like this was kind of rushed. I don't know if they were trying to head out of update a little bit for that for me. But overall, I did enjoy what we saw from Ego tonight. Um, and Nicole, anything on Ego? I loved it. I loved and it, it added that theme of like, oh, somehow we're connected sexually, romantically, et cetera, at that end spin. That was like, that was the through line, that and Timothy Chalamet. So I love the energy. I love that going update. I think she's one of the best update desk uh, guests, period. 
for sure. Rob? Love the, uh, she looks like she's at a sex funeral line about Rihanna. <laughs> I got, I got, I laughed out loud for that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Yeah. Also, uh, props to Sex Funeral line. Uh, one of the biggest laughs of the night. Uh, this felt a little bit uh, less cohesive than the one that she did in the Musk uh, episode, which was the definite highlight of that episode for me. Uh, and just, you know, it's like, OK, this worked overall for me. I am I'm kind of baffled that we've got a, gotten away from Ego being like, you know, one of the, the stalwarts of the show show moving forward. Uh, it, it feels like we've kind of moved away from her being one of the the, uh, you know, heavy hitters uh, lately, which is strange because I think she pretty much kills everything. Uh, even this, which is generally lesser than, but uh, just she brings the energy. So, you know, more ego, yeah. please, always. Definitely. All right, let's get to our sketches. We have three of them post-update. Let's go through them. First up, we had 80s Dream. Um, I'm just going to put this out there. I absolutely love this one. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I loved, again, seeing her come out as, her, as herself and then describe this fictional character that is a character on SNL. I actually felt like this was an opportunity here. And I look, I know that we all assume that probably 80 is near the end of her SNL run, but I actually feel like there's opportunities here for a recurring character at this moment to have the sexual woman be a recurring character by 80 Bryant. That's how she started her tenure. It's yeah, been 10 I, I years, agree. and that's how we started with like five years of horny 80. But I'm okay with that. I liked horny 80. That's out of context. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> we have to stop like that. <laughs> yes. We're going to have to take that out of context. I love right. conversation with you, John. Yes. But uh, I, I actually, this, this did a lot for me. <laughs> Okay, I can so, tell. <laughs> did, did it do something for any of you? Uh, all right, Nicole, you're laughing the least, so yeah. I'll start with you. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I I loved it, and at first I thought it was going to be we. I think we <laughs> all loved last week how we had a pre-tape into a sketch. It was like it. We I think we loved it. Talking about the formatting changes, it was just something that was so fun to play with, and of course for such an iconic five timers club sketch. And at first I thought this was going to be that when eighty did a little introduction. I thought, okay, this is is this like a a mini sketch that will stand on its own on YouTube and in perpetuity. And then it ended up being one sketch, and she went back and forth as herself. So it, it just it was so much fun. And my main thing I'm I'm going to add, and I'll, I want to hear what everyone else has to say is when I was at the dress rehearsal, I thought the part where they he said, um, I'm Oscar Isaac, wait, that's my real name. What's on the cue cards? Is to know, like, I thought, and I texted you this, John, um, like when we, were on, when we were on, I was like, oh, I thought this was improv when we were watching, when I was watching the live show. Um, I thought, I was shocked that it was, that was the, the like, it, they must be phenomenal actors because when they read that, I was like, oh my God, they're being like funny and, and doing like a bit because they messed up the cue cards. I literally thought Oscar Isaac realized in the moment that the writers of the sketch made a mistake and they were like, okay, let's just fix that after dress and be funny about it. So yeah, it, it, sounded, it. it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. But, or maybe that is what happened and then they kept that in live. I don't know, but that's just a funny thing. I, I, I was shocked that it, that happened twice in a row because it sounded like improv the first time. This was so much fun. I just I loved it so much and it's I need I need to say say one thing about it which is like 
it 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 parodied the written by a woman trope uh, that like I know I talk about my people in my circles we make fun of a lot and um, written by a man versus written by a woman so like these lines of of like you have to digest your spaghetti first right before I kiss you these just making fun of things that are never written but are realistic and important and and we're like yeah you know what I kind of would rather digest my food before I feel sexual and want to kiss somebody or like all these little things I really thought it was actually more brilliant than it seemed like as as a woman it had so many of those little things just just parodying the sense that these movies and these scenes that are, are love whatever they they forget all these little things about the the, the woman, woman experience so overdoing them with the spaghetti stuff and all that like the way that he's talking about her the you're the young, you're the most beautiful under 35 ever seen so many lines here <laughs> this one might have been my favorite it's definitely top three of the night for me brilliant more brilliant than it came across yeah it, it was really really good um rob what'd you think of it i loved it too uh i i just thought again exactly what Nicole just said so not much to add to it but I thought it was oh she's introducing it they're gonna go with it and then when I cut back to her it was just like this delightful surprise um I think even funnier than horny 80 is real 80 commenting on horny 80 which was something that I didn't know I was going to enjoy as much as I did but it was just so much funnier to have her I think they could have had her introduce it and then continued the sketch without her being interspersed in and still it would have been an enjoyable but I thought what heightened it more was having that format differentiator and addition of her being commenting on it throughout. Uh, I just thought that that took it from a good laugh, you know, laugh out loud sketch to something that was different than I remember seeing on previous SNLs before. Yeah. And if you think you like that, then you definitely liked Real John commenting on Real 80, commenting on Horny 80. <laughs> so, uh, Andrew, what did you think of 80 Stream? Oh, man. I wanted to like this more than I did. I'll rewatch it. It was good. Right. It was better I, I really like I, the concept is great. Um, but I, and again, this felt very surface level. And I don't like any time that the concept of a sketch is look how hot our host is written by a man written by a woman. I don't care. It's a hack premise forever and ever. And I felt like, you know, okay, we're experimenting with format here. I felt like there, there needed to be more with 80 cutting back into the sketch with the pre-tape bits as if she's like losing uh, a track of the sketch or something. You know, just like there needed to be more beats with with the dichotomy there of the pre-tape and the live sketch more than just like, here's a sketch I wanted to write because Oscar Isaac is so hot. And the, uh, you know, just like you're, you're the hottest. No, person there's a, there's another layer to this, though. It's not just it's not just that he's hot. It's like the, the it's the trope of the fact that he's hot. It's that's what makes exactly exactly. It was very layered as a woman. I'm telling you, it it spoke to the, the female experience and not just saying, oh, this host is hot in the sense of like how. People but then what's, would write what's, a that, what the, what's the extra layer that I'm missing then? What is what is that? It's it's the way that other people would perceive 80 thinking that a host is hot and what 80 would want to write, but more so what people would think 80 would want to write. That was like the extra. But then I feel like they needed to underline that further, like as if she through the pre-tapes is battling with the writers of the sketch. You know? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I actually, I, I, I second that point, by the way, like I just, just okay. to reiterate, I actually I think, think they could hard... have doubled down on that. 
Yeah. yeah like I, just like <laughs> interesting again interesting experimentation here with format but in the end i just don't feel like it, it really delivered something that we haven't seen before and i i just i was not feeling that that extra layer all right it's, it's I, like, let's let's table this because i think that this is the, this is the this is the sketch that needs Han to be wants re-watched. to finish this episode so hard no i don't know i love talking about this but i do have a couple more to get to and i know it's late for everybody so i just want to make sure that you know this is the type of sketch that i think we need to explore more i think everybody needs to watch watch this one again and talk about it so okay. um let's talk about home repair show the next one we had um and by the way i put this out last week who knows who in the snl uh universe was listening to what we said but uh i'm down for some more sketch theme songs and we got one within over your head uh this week so, um, Rob, what'd you think of the home repair show sketch we got? Didn't, didn't blow me away. Uh, I thought it was, uh, a, a funny idea that I think could have been shorter. Um, I thought Oscar Isaac was, uh, definitely the, the bright point of it as his guy who had just been electrocuted. Um, and it's, uh, I, I do like the idea of more theme songs. I think that they almost could have had that come in throughout the sketch, like as if they were going to commercial break and coming back. I think that would have added to it a little bit. Um, but in general, it was good, not great. Um, Keenan will for, I wish that was Keenan's 1500 sketch that, that <laughs> it would cement it in my head a little bit better than, than the meatball sketch, which I'm going to have a nightmare about tonight. But, uh, yeah, that's my take. Okay. Uh, Andrew, what do you think of home repair show? A little bit of word salad. I wanted to like this one. I feel like, uh, the fact that we could not get more visuals into the the joke telling beyond the initial reveal of he's wet, he's electrocuted. Uh, like, yeah, it, it didn't that didn't quite work for me. I, I was waiting for another beat to this that Ego kind of provided. Um, but but overall. Yeah, this this kind of felt like typical end of the show material not terrible not you know i'm just like it was there it was very much there yeah it seems like the chat really liked this one so this is this is interesting to uh to see that oh, really uh, cool yeah what did you think of yeah. of uh home repair show yeah well what's interesting i think i you know it's blending together hmm. a little bit but i i think this one was the first sketch after the monologue that aired in dress so it was actually conceived or, or placed originally as not You're end right. of show material. It was, it was very like, it seemed in that context, it, it seemed like a really good fit, like a, a welcoming, like easy, you kind of know what you're getting into type of sketch. So I, I liked it again, like middle, middle of the pack for me, it added a lot of fun things. I, the set was pretty fun. I, I, I liked it. Um, yeah, not 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 a lot to add here. I, I it was it was fun and cool, and and Kyle Kyle gave a good performance. It was fun, and again, the last thing was the the again the the oh this is my wife thing that kept happening all night. So themes mm-hmm. right there. For sure. All right, let's get to our last sketch of the night. This was the fiction workshop, and uh, this one was really fun for me i i did enjoy this a lot where we got to see oscar isaac come in and read his fictional uh story about dua lipa and what was most (laughs) fascinating about this sketch for me was if you watched jimmy fallon this week dua lipa was on jimmy fallon and uh they there was this tiktok that went viral for a uh someone a a woman bought her grandfather her 80 year old grandfather tickets to a dua lipa concert i saw that in the commercials 
Yes. So uh, Jimmy Fallon had Dua Lipa on and decided, okay, it would be really fun to invite the grandfather onto the show and say that it was uh, like uh, a radio show that he was going to go talk about the tickets that he got for the concert because he's a big Dua Lipa fan, only to have him meet Dua Lipa and get very excited about this. And I have to wonder if that was the inspiration somehow for this sketch, because the sketch was actually, to me, a lot funnier than what happened in real life. But I Mm. actually, I, I, I really thought that they had something great here. Andrew, how did you feel about it? Uh, this, along with uh, Sarah's piece, uh, is my highlight of the night, uh, you know, as a twofer. Uh, this one, you know, I just enjoyed its more contained, quieter slice of life, take a drink, uh, a material to it. I just liked the slow unraveling and like it felt like it felt sleazy, but not completely. And I just loved the, you know, just like every every beat kind of slowly rolled out and I was on the journey with it. And um, overall, it, it, it really worked for me. I thought it was super solid and a great way to uh, close out the night. Something like this, a little bit quieter where you're just going, OK, okay where's this going? Oh, all right. And, you know, it's not really going for big gut busting laughs. It's just. Uh, I don't know. It was charming. I enjoyed it. More of that, please. Yeah. And I think, Nicole, this is where you saw uh, how great of an actor Oscar Isaac is because he was so Mm -hmm. subtle in his delivery of the lines. Very similar to what we saw from Rami Malek earlier in the season. It's that you can write a sketch that's smaller in in its premise and its concept and a great, great host like Oscar Isaac can build it to the next level. So how did you feel about Fiction Workshop? Just make sure you unmute yourself. Yeah. (laughs) twice tonight thank you twice i have a good excuse i'm i'm, I'm dead i'm tired um uh, but i'm living i'm actually more alive than i've ever been in my whole life that's not true either anyways so i liked it i think what you're saying john is that it is like the adam driver effect it's like that was felt here more than any other part of the night of, of this role that oscar isaac really brought to life in this oh this is a dramatic actor who can do something like that um, and I, it was, it was like fan fiction. And, and I, as somebody who in seventh grade in, in my history class, me and my friend would like, as kind of a joke, we would like skim fan fiction. Mine, I would read Gossip Girl. And I don't, I think she read like SVU, Law and Order. Who is your Dua Lipa in like, your fan fiction? Um, Chuck and Blair, Gossip Girl. I of was course, just yeah. reading them. Yeah. Love, 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 love. So for me, this, the, the, the <laughs> concept was so up my alley and yet it didn't, I, it, it, it delivered, but the reason I was disappointed when I saw it was because there was another sketch that I wanted to see so badly. And when it was cut, I was so upset. It was, I, I think we're going to see it again. So I won't get too into it, but it was like, basically there was, it was very impressive. Oscar Isaac had to change over and over and over and hopping back and forth between two sets. And I got the sense that they're going to bring it back when they tighten it up a little bit. And maybe another host will do the same performance. I thought Oscar Isaac nailed it, but I think the writing I think they knew it was a hit, which is why they're going to take the time to to ring it in and, and, and tighten it and polish it a little bit more. So everybody look out for a sketch that has to do with the host bopping back and forth between two sets, um, two stages, like six or seven times. What was, what was, do you know what the and, name of that one was? Which one that was? Um, It was, give me, come so back take to a look me and I'll, and I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll go to Rob. Uh, Rob, what was your thoughts okay. on the final sketch of the night, Fiction Workshop? Well, I was, I'm excited about that teaser. That sounds interesting. I also, I didn't know that Jimmy Fallon story. That's, that's adorable. I didn't, I, I hadn't heard that. And that almost changes my view of it. Cause it does feel a little bit like, kind of like the, the, the 
creepy old man archetype. But with that context, it makes it seem a little bit sweeter. Um, I liked it a lot. It was just a perfect kind of final showcase for Oscar Isaac being a believable actor while being committed in a sort of silly, fun way. Um, I also like the duality of the two, uh, Heidi and I forget who else was on the side with her. Um, Melissa. Against yeah, Melissa, yep. Uh, versus Chris Red and now I'm forgetting the other person's over there. Uh, but the, the guys uh, being James all Johnson. on board, yeah. like, oh, yeah, let's yeah, do James. it. And the girls being like, no, we don't want to hear about you talking about <laughs> teaching Dua Lipa how to make out. No thanks. I like that yeah. that that little mm. uh, aspect of it as well. But yeah, it was uh, put a smile on my face. Okay, uh, Nicole, you got the name of that sketch that you were yes. talking about. It was it was punk band, and that was okay. top three for me of the night. So look out for cool. it; it's gonna come back. We'll look out for that. Okay, huh. that's perfect. Okay, um, yeah, that was uh, that the one that was cut. Punk band was a uh, Silva, Nordwind, and Bula sketch. So uh, we'll look out for that. Mm. Um, so uh, Rob, uh, if you had to write fan fiction, uh, who would you write it about? Oh man, got anybody on top of your head? Andrew Jennifer Romeo. Lopez, probably. Okay, J Lo, yeah. Andrew, you got somebody uh i'd write it about you and horny 80 john oh okay oh thank you it all comes full circle all right that's, i wish that's i said perfect. that full circle, like the that. avengers and the avenger full circle yeah <laughs> uh, perfect perfect way to, to wrap it all up all right so uh we are going to uh come up with our ratings for the show out of 10 chat please put your ratings in the chat we'll bring them up on screen uh while you guys are are collecting your thoughts on the night and giving us those ratings i do want to say it has been uh 40 years since the passing of John Belushi, and I thought I would make a note of that uh, tonight. Uh, one of the original cast members of Saturday Night Live, obviously an absolute legend of the show and uh, one of the biggest names there ever was on the show. So um, we actually, uh, we spoke to Judy Belushi in the fall and just to hear stories about John and his time at the show was really, really wonderful. So um, yeah, missing John uh, on this day, 40 years later. And if you haven't ever gone back and watched some of the original cast sketches, uh, it's definitely worth doing because John was a force on the show. Okay. All right, Andrew, let me start with you. Let's get your rating out of 10 for tonight. Uh, six. Six out of 10. If that feels too harsh, uh, a three out of five. Uh, a little bit better than middle of the road. There are things in this that are really, you know... I, I liked the verve of this episode more than I liked the actual contents. And I really want them to continue on with whatever tact that these two episodes have been following. Uh, just more experimentation. Uh, don't be afraid to, to fail. Um, you know, just whatever. It's SNL. This is whatever. Go do it. Uh, do something we haven't seen before. And, and, you know, go even further like the yeah. 80s sketch is like just like oh i wanted more like a lot so many times i loved the concepts and i feel like they just didn't quite get there so it, it, it kind of left me wanting but also like i felt like you know i can't completely discount discount the fact that i still feel like there was effort put into this and the sarah sherman showcase was excellent and i also loved the uh you know, the five to one. So uh, it cool. did have some standout moments. So six out of 10. Okay. Got it. Nicole, what about you? 
I'm going to go eight out of 10. I was there. I am biased. If I weren't there, it would be lower, but that's not a world reality that I have existed in. So I'm not going to talk like that. I don't know. 8.2 for me. Happy, loved it, fond memories, nothing but. All right, Rob, where are you at? I'm going to go with a 7.25 out of 10. Uh, some, ve some very funny moments, some laugh out loud moments that I enjoyed. Um, not too much that uh, makes me think of like a Hall of Fame type episode, but uh, very enjoyable throughout. Oscar Isaac did a, a great job. Yeah, for sure. And look, uh, great episodes uh, last week. Obviously, uh, we're still on a little bit of a high. Like I said, I, I think this was a good episode of Saturday Night Live. I would probably go with the seven out of 10 for me, maybe six and a half to seven, something like that. Um, I, there was no like one that I was just like thought was a complete dud. I mean, every now and then we, we get one for me, but I, I didn't really feel like that was tonight. I just felt like nothing really like rose to exponential lengths however there were a couple of uh, sketches that i really really enjoyed and i cannot wait to explore them more obviously the reason we're up so late talking about them is because there was so much fun stuff to talk about and we're going to continue that conversation all week long here on the snl network so i will bring up our schedule that we have this week and if you're enjoying what you get to see on saturday nights come on monday nights because we can go as long as we want to break down those sketches we're not tonight eight yeah well like to, 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 to debate <laughs> what we saw with the different sketches just like we did now we have some great panelists and i will tease that we have a very special guest joining us on monday night on our roundtable. we have joel navaroli who's joining us he is the creator of the website snl archives so if you ever used that website before oh, he's wow. going to join us on the show and we're going to talk to him about his experience he's joining us in celebration of 20 years of snl archives so if you've been Holy watching the show for crap. that long uh, it's going to be really fun to get to talk to him on Monday on our roundtable among the other panelists. Such about a this resource. Episode. Such yeah, a resource. So really, really great. Everyone in the SNL community definitely uh, owe a big thanks to Joel, who is, uh, you know, if you ever use him to check out any of those sketches. Um, then we have on our patron feedback show on Wednesday, we have another great patron. We have Brandon joining us on Wednesday to answer SNL questions. If you would ever like to send in questions for the patron feedback show, we will make sure to read those out. Those forms will go out on Tuesday on our Twitter account and in our Instagram story so you can get your questions in for the show. On Thursday, we have Hollywood Dish coming up. Nicole, tease Hollywood Dish for me. Me and Rebecca North are going to talk all things pop culture and the new that Anna Delvey stuff. If you listen to Hollywood Dish and then you saw that Anna Delvey sketch pre-tape, you would be like, I got this. I know everything. We talk about just everything in pop culture and it's like a good primer for SNL. And then it's also just like we have a lot of fun. The chat is always fun. If you're live on YouTube with us talking everything, you can like reach out to us. Let us know what topics you want us to say. We just we have so much fun and it's great. So watch it. Listen, if you want. And then let me know how you like it. <laughs> for sure. Well, yeah, it's really, really fun. Uh, we've had some great episodes of Hollywood Dish this particular month, so make sure to go back and check those out as well. They, uh, You could definitely go back and still listen to those. Uh, on Saturday, next week, we are back for one more episode for this run of SNL with host Zoe Kravitz and music from Rosalia. So that'll be really fun. Join us exactly at this time next week, well, starting at 1.10 a.m. and joining us all the way through as we go through all the sketches from season 47, episode 15. We're making our way there through the season oh of God. 47. Okay. Thank you, panel. Thank you, chat, for joining us. I'm going to go around. I will ask for some plugs from our panel where everybody can reach out to you. And while you're giving your plugs, if you want to give a quick thought on next week's show with Zoe Kravitz, feel free to do that as well. So, Andrew Dick, are you excited for next week? And where can people reach out to you? 
Uh, yeah, always. You know, hope springs eternal for SNL. You never know what the next week is going to hold. So, uh, yeah, Zoe Kravitz, that should be fun. Uh, yeah, I don't know who the musical guest is. So that's another one where it's like, who knows what that's going to entail. Uh, me, D- was I fun? Did you find me amusing? You can find my podcast at That Week in the SNL. Where uh, me and my buddy Timmy talking about old episodes of SNL in a hopefully amusing and entertaining and informative fashion. We just covered the uh, the Mardi Gras episode from wow. 1977. Uh, yes, so that was last week. And coming up next week, uh, we are uh, covering the uh, Dwayne Johnson, George Ezra Ezra show from season 40 so that you know it's like that's the dichotomy we're going from 1977 to uh to 2015 and uh we're just you know exploring the history of the show and uh goofing about and having fun and 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 learning about history about ourselves and the world <laughs> and snl that yeah. week in snl wow. it's great Definitely check it out. And, and let me put my stamp down that uh, what they did for the Mardi Gras episode uh, back in the 70s is one of the weirdest, craziest things. Uh, the cast members were constantly worried that they were going to be in danger uh, throughout that <laughs> yeah. night. They actually were in danger at certain points. Yes. throughout the night. So there's, there are some crazy stories about that episode. Yes. So Just watching uh, uh, yeah. both. Um, uh, uh, yeah, Jane uh, Curry and Jane Curtin almost yeah, pulled off the stage onto the ground. It's, and it's Penny crazy Marshall, stuff. like her, yeah. like just ooh, there's so many times where you just go like, ooh, this is this is the roughest I've ever seen. This like you could really see the yeah. soul dying of this performer, and it's rough. But we tried to have fun talking about it, so go check it out for sure. Nicole, where can listeners reach out to you and please give your thoughts on next week with Zoe Kravitz? I'm so excited. I was there tonight with my friend, and she'd never been before. And we looked at each other at, after the show and we were, she was, well, no, she looked at me and she was like, we're going next week. And I was like, okay, done. <laughs> She'd never so been before. Yeah, I know. I know. I will, we'll see if, if it happens. I'll, I'll keep everybody posted, but I, I might be there again. So I, I'll, I'll keep everyone posted. I'm so excited. Zoe Kravitz is just like the coolest person in the whole entire world. I'm pretty sure I, I can't think of anyone cooler. <laughs> I could rack my brain and, and that nothing. There's nothing there. So it's going to be such a good episode. I, I'm so excited. I, I, I bet maybe we'll see her parents, one or, one or both of her, her legendary parents. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. And you can find me at Nicole Rovine on Instagram or Twitter. I changed my TikTok handle impulsively to Nicole80798, which is my birthday. Instead of just my last name, I usually have Nicole Rovine everywhere and I'm counting down the days till I can change it back. It's like, you can't you 30 days. So I, I have to wait another like week or two and then I'm going to change it back to just my full name, but follow me wherever I'm always like, I well, love you're going to have to change it to the day people. after your birthday now. So because of this episode, I just like this episode, 80799. Yeah. No, yes. 80898 <laughs> would be the last day after my birthday. Okay. So find me wherever. What? And then obviously the snl network socials like find us there we're always doing fun stuff dm us we love talking to everyone it's just it's great so you can find me wherever and yeah thank you everybody cool. rob, so much fun where can, oh thank you thank you nicole uh rob where can the listeners uh reach out to you and give us your thoughts on next week's show um they can find me on instagram at robert.j. Um, and check out saturdaynightproject.com a new version's coming soon um but if you're interested in people who have auditioned for SNL and successfully made it on the show or not, 
Check out SaturdayNightProject.com. Excited for next week. Very excited for the inevitable Batman parody that's coming in some shape or form. Yeah. Uh, with her, I would imagine there's a Robert Pattinson cameo. Uh, very much looking forward to that. Also don't know the musical guests, but excited to hear them. And her. Yeah. yeah. Let's do her. Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. Sorry. Um, yeah, Rob, thank you so much for joining us. It's always great. And if you haven't checked out the SaturdayNightProject.com, please head there. Uh, Rob has put so much work into collecting this audition uh, resources for all of you. So uh, definitely check out that site. And uh, yeah, uh, like Nicole said, social media, uh, always appreciate those follows because we put a lot of uh, a lot of effort into bringing you guys like really fun stats and things like that on the socials. So uh, always appreciate that. You can find us uh, at the SNL Network anywhere. You can find me at John Schneider 24 to speak to me directly about anything that's going on the sh on at the show uh at our show uh you can always subscribe to us on youtube apple Podcasts, or spotify to make sure you never miss out on an episode and i do want to say at the end of the show we finally actually got to a thousand subscribers on youtube this week so i really appreciate everybody continuing to subscribe oh, to the show hey. and supporting us over here it's always really great to get to interact with you so late on saturday nights and i appreciate everybody who stays up very late with us uh we love you all and we appreciate you so um for andrew dick nicole rovine and rob finn i will say good night we will see you next time everybody have a good one bye y'all